Hear the word of God from Luke chapter 4, verses 1 through 13. This reading comes from the New Revised Standard Version. You can find this reading on page 835 in the Pew Bibles. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing at all during those days, and when they were over, he was famished. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become a loaf of bread. Jesus answered him, It is written, One does not live by bread alone. Then the devil led him up and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And the devil said to him, To you I will give their glory and all this authority, for it's been given over to me, and I can give it to anyone I please. If you then will worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered him, It is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil took him to Jerusalem and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here. For it's written, He will command his angels concerning you to protect you, and on their hands they will bear you up so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, It is said, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished every test, he departed from him until an opportune time. The word of God for the world. Thanks be to God. Thanks, Allison. Well, you've probably had this experience with your own children or with children you have taught or cared for, that, that moment when a question comes out of their mouth that is just a big surprise. Well, years ago, this happened to me. Years ago, when I was engaged in an extensive study of early childhood development, reading between the lines, I was working very part-time and staying home with our three young children mostly, We had been to church and Sunday school one day, and over Sunday lunch, um, I don't remember which child it was, but one of them, very truthfully, looked up with me with a big question on his face and said, Hey, Mom, what do you know about the devil? The devil. Well, how do you answer that to a four-year-old who is looking at you with big eyes? I mean... Do I say the devil is the one who seduces us? Or the devil is the personification of evil in the world and makes you just do it? Should I be more general? Should I be more specific? Should I, what should I do? And how am I going to answer this child who's looking at me with wide eyes? So finally, what came out of my mouth was, What do you know about the devil? (laughs) And with that, both boys started talking. Well, the devil talked to Jesus. Good, they were listening in Sunday school. And the devil, he's real mean. Mean. Can you be mean without being evil? Are you evil and you're always mean? I was off wandering in my own thoughts. And then leaning down very close to my face, I believe this was Zach, said in a loud whisper, if we were in the store 
and you and dad were on one aisle and Ben and I were on another aisle and there was candy. The devil would say, you should take some. Wow. I don't know if I was more impressed that they remembered with detail the story from Luke 4 or this incredible personification of the tempter and temptation. Fortunately, I was familiar enough with this story from Luke 4 of how Jesus responded simply by quoting scripture to the devil, scripture from Deuteronomy, worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Now I thought that is a pretty demanding passage, but Jesus quotes it and abides by it, knowing that the very meaning and shape of his role as Messiah was at stake. Now, before I go any further and tell you more of the responses with the boys, and to reflect, I want to reflect a bit on this text, but first I want to say to all of us, welcome to Lent. Yes, this is the first Sunday of Lent, this 40-day period where leading up to the death and resurrection of Easter morning, the death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Lent is an awkward season, and it catches us by surprise because the date changes every spring. Lent is that season where we, like Jesus, are invited to spend some time in the wilderness and to be honest about our struggles and our temptations, our hopes and our fears. Lent is that season that we take time to pray and to look deep within and to let go of or to get unstuck from that which is holding us back from being all in to following Jesus. Today, we're going to be reflecting on some of the choices Jesus made to be faithful, to be obedient. Will you pray with me? Oh, holy God, as we move into this important and powerful season of Lent, Help us to clear out a space for you, a space where we can make a deeper and more authentic connection with you. May it be so. Amen. So let's look a little more closely at this text from Luke. This is the final episode in Luke's, of Luke's instruction before Jesus' public ministry begins. I mean, this is Luke 4, but in the previous chapters, Jesus has been born, and we know that he's already been baptized, and he's heard the voice of heaven saying, Look, this is my son, the beloved. With you I am well pleased. And we now observe that Jesus is kind of sorting out what these words might mean for him. We learn that Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned to the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. Tempted by the devil. Tempted, persuaded, seduced, enticed. We're all tempted, maybe to greater or lesser degrees, but we're all tempted and we have to deal with temptation in different ways. My temptations may be nothing to you, and your temptations may be nothing to the person sitting next to you, But believe you me, we all have to face temptations in this life. And so Jesus did too. For 40 days in the wilderness, he was tempted. 
40 days. And after that, my goodness, you know, he was starving. The text says he was famished. He was so hungry. And in the midst of that weakened place, Jesus throws out temptation number one. If you are the son of God, command this stone to become a loaf of bread. He's playing on Jesus' hunger, absolutely. But even more than that, a little wickedly, he's playing on his vanity. If you're such a big shot, come on, do it. Make this stone turn to bread. Now, at first blush, you might ask, now what's so wrong with that? I mean, you know, if Jesus turned the stone to bread, he would feed himself. He has been without food for 40 days. I mean... He's hungry, right? But he didn't. He didn't use his power for personal gains. Rather, he chose to be obedient, to be faithful. He remembers the words from Scripture from Deuteronomy, and he calls out what he has learned from the past. One does not live by bread alone. I don't know if I could have been so faithful, but I'm grateful to Jesus for modeling it. I find great comfort in knowing that Jesus experienced the same real and raw temptations that you and I do. Because he was truly human, he was God incarnate human, like you, like me. Yes, I need to be reminded that even Jesus needed to reach down deep within so that he could withstand temptations that he faced. And I need those daily reminders. I may look like... I've got it all together. I may work like heck to make you think I've got it all together, but I want you to know for certain that I need that daily bread that Jesus offers to get through the days. Now, that second temptation is offered has nothing to do with hunger. It has more to do with allegiance or fidelity or faithfulness to God's way of righteousness in the world. Listen, the devil says, He led him up and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And the devil said, to you, I will give authority and their glory. All this, all this, all this could be yours if you would just worship me and bow to me. Talk about temptation. All the kingdoms of the world, if you would just bow to the devil. Now remember, at this time, Rome was the only real power in the kingdom of the known, in, the, in the known world, and they were mighty corrupt. So regime change might be a good idea. Maybe they should bow to Jesus. That's not such a bad thing. But Jesus' answer to the devil is no. That's not the kind of power I am called to share with the world. My power comes from a just God And even a hint of abiding by injustice is wrong. His response, it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. And that third temptation, it's really about self-protection, protecting Jesus' very self. The devil urged Jesus to jump up to the highest top, the pinnacle of the temple, summoning the protection of the angels that surely would come to his aid, preventing injury if he were to jump off. I bet none of us would have blamed Jesus 
for wanting to save himself, protecting, having those protective angels around him would have been a good thing, protecting him from injury. And I bet none of us would have blamed him for that, to have that shield of protection around him. But instead of using all of his powers to protect himself, shield himself, Jesus chose not to. Do you see this recurring theme in these temptations? How here it is, Jesus, the beloved son of God, could have chosen to use his power in this way. But he didn't. All of the temptations boil down to this. Jesus having to choose to be obedient to God. To choose to take care of himself or to use his powers to serve others. To take care of his own needs or serve the needs and fulfill the purpose that he's called to do. Jesus chose to be faithful and obedient and he passed the test and the devil left him until he finds a more opportune time. And upon leaving the wilderness, Jesus begins his ministry, his earthly ministry, by going to the temple and proclaiming the good news is upon me. Friends, this is the one we follow. Because Jesus, by refusing to turn those stones to bread, simply to feed himself, we learn in Luke that Jesus does feed the hungry. He does this in so many ways by feeding a hungry crowd of 5,000 on a hillside with five loaves and two fish. And by feeding us every time we receive Holy Communion and every time we do, we are reminded of the way that Jesus defeated temptation by practicing this selflessness. Though he refused political power offered to him by the devil, Jesus proclaims that God's empire of justice and peace are the focus of his focus and of his preaching and teaching. And though he refused to jump off of the temple to see if God would send those angels, though he refused to test God, he refused self-protection as well. Jesus goes to the cross then in confidence that God's will of life for all creation will triumph over the world's decision to execute him. Now, just to finish up, I want to return to the story with my boys. After that first encounter that I was aware, they thought about the devil. Because it occurred to me that maybe Zach and Ben were really grasping the points of the Sunday school teacher. Maybe they were comprehending and really taking in what she was talking about. And so I asked them, now guys, if we were in the store and dad and I were on one aisle, and you and your brother were on another aisle. And there was candy. And the devil was there and said, you should take some. What would you say to the devil? Well, with that, a genuinely huge smile came upon their faces. And with the briefest hesitation, as they looked at one another, they both exclaimed, we would say thank you. <laughs> Such is life. <laughs> like my young boys, like many of us, we often miss the point. It is quite easy for us to say thank you when temptations come our way. But our text calls us to look to Jesus, 
to look at the difficult and obedient choices Jesus makes, for his choices do indeed mark the beginning and frame the whole of his public ministry from its beginning all the way to his arrest and crucifixion. I hope that we too can remember scriptures that will hold us up when we are in those challenging moments. Remember how God has acted in our past, has never let us go, and promises never to do so. So perhaps, I guess the only way for us to overcome temptation in our lives might just be to overcome it with a greater good, a higher loyalty, a a positive power of the love of God in Jesus Christ. I have no idea what your temptations are. That which is a stumbling block for me may be quite easy for you. I don't know where your wilderness will take you, but I can promise you that you will be tempted. You will be drawn into the wilderness and asked to wrestle with the choices between good and evil, between God's way and the devil's way. And the word of encouragement I have for you is this. Hate what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And when temptations come, may we all hear in our ears the voice of the Lord saying, In the world there will be tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Will you pray with me? Almighty and loving God, whose blessed Son was led by the Spirit to be tempted by the devil, come quickly to help us, to help us who are assaulted by many temptations. And as you know the weaknesses of each of us, let each one find you and you alone mighty to save. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. As a response to the word and as a way to give back to God, let us receive our tithes, our offerings, and our gifts.